welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Porter. And I'm Charlotte Porter. And what are we going to talk about this week, Charlotte? Uh, we've got a couple of things to talk about. The biggie being what's happening up in Perth next weekend. What is happening up in Perth? I don't know. A little thing called Tabletop Scotland. Yep. Might have heard of it. Yep. And we are the <coughs> media partner. Official media, media partner. Yeah, media partner for Tabletop Scotland. So... Well, we're maybe going to talk a bit about what we're looking forward to, what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, but first of all, uh, interesting little bit of news you stumbled upon. Yeah, so I had read about, um, I can't remember exactly where, but one of the Magic Grand Prix, um, somebody who was expelled Ex- from one of the games because his cards were fake. Well, he was expelled from the tournament, the wasn't tournament, it? The tournament, yeah, yeah, the tournament. Um, because his cards were fake. He was not aware that his cards were fake. He's been very open and honest about it. Uh-huh. Um, turns out that he'd used cards from a friend's deck and the friend was not aware that they were fake. Yeah. And they were... T- I, th- I mean, I don't know much about magic. I'm probably not the best person to talk about this. They weren't common cards, but they weren't rare cards. So yeah. they were ones that you would pay money for. But apparently, just looking into it, it's quite a big market, actually, for a... Well, some, some of the rarer magic cards... Mm sometimes go for tens of thousands yeah, so it stands yeah. to reason that there would be a, a counterfeit market yeah, for that because I, yeah. I know that you know that that horrible little uh, American guy that was quite high up in the pharmaceutical industry is it Martin Shrekley? Yeah. Yes. I don't know if I'm saying his name right I know that he at one point was looking at getting into the the magic market much to the, the disdain <laughs> of a lot of the, the, the hobbyists but it's it's a huge thing, and I suppose that it's worth saying that the the thing about good counterfeits is that yeah. you don't know. You don't that know it's a counterfeit because they had the pictures. I mean, and I I wouldn't have known. I mean, I don't know anything about magic cards. No. He didn't know, and it was just that they did like a spot check in between rounds, and it was one of the judges that noticed it. One of the adjudicators. One eagle-eyed yeah. adjudicator. And they showed them together, and I mean, I I can't even tell now what the difference is, but obviously the adjudicator knew what was right and what was not. Um, from what I understand, quite a lot of people were quite vocal about the fact that he'd been... Yeah, they were saying that he should have been able to construct a deck on. and stuff like that. But like I said, he, he, he's put out some tweets about it and stuff and said that he was he, he understood why it was done, he understood yeah. what was going on. Well, this is the thing, right, is that ultimately it's a business yeah. and they need to protect their intellectual yeah. property. And I, and I know from a couple of people that are more, a bit more informed in the law than I am, that um, it, very often what can happen is that if you do not contest instances where your IP is in danger of being ripped off, you're in danger of losing control yeah. of it altogether. So yeah. it's for you know sometimes it, it can seem like these companies are being a bit callous, but yeah. it, it's because they have to fight to yeah. protect it a lot of the time. Interesting enough, we came across some other counterfeits recently. One <laughs> I did not even know was a thing anymore. Um, our friend is getting married uh, down in London, so I had sent back the uh, the RSVP saying did. that we would yeah. come, and then uh, he phoned to let us know that it had been intercepted because it was a counterfeit stamp. Yeah, he had to he had to pay the postage on it. 
I, I was Kermit, quite, Kermit I was quite Fitz embarrassed. Stamps. But he, he, he took it all in good humour. He thought it was really funny, and like he said, like because I really queried the thing, because I was like, you know, he'd said that. Are you sure about this? Yeah. And the guy's like, no, no, we we checked it, and but, but we we were all in agreement. Like who counterfeits <laughs> stamps anymore? Yeah, like 1920s. Yeah, you know, he does that. But it's like, um, I'm sure I bought them out of the post office because I yeah. I'm pretty old school. I always have a little booklet of stamps on me yeah. just in case, and it was one of those stamps that I'd used. And also, I had to phone it. Uh, Michael Mordor, one of our winners from our Twitch stream, to make sure that he got his thing because yeah. I'd realised I'd sent it off with the stamps as well. I said, like, oh no, that's but the last he, thing he we was need. fine. He was it's, fine. It's, they didn't, didn't apparently, bother. Apparently the London sorting office yes. is very thorough about these things. Yep. So yeah, Nothing so gets past them. Counterfeit stamps, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, like you're saying, it felt a bit like, you know, it's like just check the date here, yeah. make sure it's not 1920 anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, obviously, knew about it historically. I wouldn't have thought it was a thing now. Now, currency is digital and well, stuff like yeah, that. And it's, I Mind th- you, I, stamps are expensive now. So, actually... They are expensive, <laughs> but at the same time, like you're saying, like a lot of big companies, they, they pay all their yeah. own postage in advance. Yeah. So, it's just rubber stamped a lot of the yeah. time. It is weird, but yeah, weird. there we go. We yeah. got caught out with a counterfeit as well, yep. so it's easier than, than you think. But you you were saying on, on the topic of yeah, counterfeits. there's been, um, it was a, I can't remember exactly the game, um, but somebody was saying that there's they'd got it as a present and they weren't sure and they were comparing it to, because it was an expansion for a game. And as far as they were aware, it was basically coming in a box that was the exact same dimensions as the core set, just an updated artwork, really. Um, but the box that came in was different and there was some text that was different and also the languages on the instruction sheets were different as well. Oh, okay. So they think that it's maybe been, it's maybe came from China. It's maybe a kid. I know, yeah. I know that um, there are a lot of counterfeit tabletop games. I'm not just talking about like the collectible stuff yeah. like Magic and things like that um, well Sushi Go yeah the counterfeit Sushi Go yeah. is quite a common one Secret Hitler is a big one really yeah there's, there's loads of counterfeit Secret Hitlers that was uh, Sylvester our guest for this week <laughs> he just came over to meow at us and then run away he wants to be on the podcast yeah um, anyway yeah the, the there's a lot of counterfeit copies yeah. of Secret Hitler I'm going to say something potentially an unpopular opinion here but I do feel that that some of the games companies inadvertently facilitate the game piracy by not producing enough enough of the, yeah. the games. Yeah. And Secret Hitler is a great example of that. And, you know, there's there's maybe a certain argument that these companies do want to keep their games somewhat exclusive. You know, g- you know, games like Gloomhaven, Seventh Continent, that sort of thing. But at the same time, the ta- the tabletop hobby is growing and growing yeah. every year and. The, the genuine copies yeah. rocket in price yeah. so it almost forces people it, it doesn't force them, that, that's wrong there's always a choice but it, it, it is pushing people yeah. towards the, the pirate market and some, I mean some pirates you wouldn't know they were counterfeit because mm-hmm. if you were just buying a game you hadn't maybe researched it you're maybe finding it on because I think actually some of them are on Amazon. Pretty much every copy of Secret Hitler on Amazon is a Chinese fake. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of them because it's a really popular game. Yeah. And I dare say actually that there are more more people own fake copies of that game than they, they do, do genuine, genuine ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did such a limited run of it, but it's I, I guess it it's it's a growing pain yeah. of, of a of of the hobby. I guess and it, I suppose it's. 
indicative in a way that it's it's thriving that it's, it's success, growing that, it? yeah. that that you do have that pirate market so in a perverse way it's kind of a good sign that it's there yeah I, I know what you mean yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah it's indicative of growth anyway yeah. that's that's the thing um let us know your thoughts on uh, counterfeit games in the pirate market. Have you have you been landed with one that you yeah. weren't aware of? I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think we've been landed with one. Yeah. Um, but I I think it's it's worth saying again that um, if if you want to absolutely avoid the risk of getting a counterfeit game, go through your friendly local gaming yeah. store because yeah. they go through distributors and specialists for yeah. these sorts of things the problem you have with the internet and amazon is that um it, it's very easy for anyone to put any sort of product up for sale on those sorts of sites so buy local well having said that that's just reminded me with that magic player the cards were actually bought off of a uh, tc tcg player yeah um, which I believe is like a marketplace for trading cards. Yes, yeah, so it's buy, swap, and sell. Yeah, but obviously they've got no well, that's the control problem, right? over yeah. or no sort of authority over what is being sold at yeah. that point. Yeah. There you go. In other news, well, we've maybe got some updates to make just in general about because I'm thinking that um, I maybe haven't announced it, but I am leaving my job, uh-huh. and um, for any of our patrons, will know that one of our goals was hopefully that I would be able to work more focusedly on the podcast yep. we're not quite at that stage yet but no. we are getting there but we've already started taking steps so i am leaving my job as a community mental health worker which mm-hmm. is heartbreaking but it's the right thing to do at the right time i think so um in order that i can sort of have a couple of wee part-time jobs and spend more time on the podcast spend yeah. more time just you know try, try and improve things a yeah bit. it's very much the more energy you put in the more energy you get back yeah but on that um i have picked up my first little job in and yes, around that so have. i am now officially i can announce that i am now part of the play fusion team i yeah. am one of the demoers for warhammer age of sigma champions and Lightseekers. And Lightseekers, of course, as well, yes. Yep. So I will be floating about at the demos, um, not, teaching not people. Not literally. It's not going to be like an exorcist effort with Charlotte <laughs> floating about and all these cards flying everywhere. But it would, it, it would, it would be thematic, yeah. but death. It death. is a figure of speech. Yes. Um, so I will be there. I've got a couple coming up, actually, over the next couple of weeks. I'm going yeah. to be at uh, Big Dog Books in Perth um, on the Saturday the 8th, I believe. Yep, Saturday the 8th of September. So if you want to come along and demo champions, please feel free to do so. Come along and join us. And then I'm going to be at Coma Crazy as well later on in the month. So yeah, come along and find out As much as you are working with Play Fusion, it's important to emphasise here that Unlucky Frog Gaming and Play Fusion are separate entities. Which, um, because also I think I'll need to maybe take a step back from doing maybe some Unlucky Frog slash champion stuff potentially possibly yeah because we don't want, don't want that conflict any confusion interest, yeah. any conflict of interest and to be entirely transparent with people absolutely yes. um so that having been cleared up um age of sigmar champions has been with us for close to a few weeks now yeah second of august yeah how are you feeling about the game uh, yeah i am i'm really enjoying it i think it's quite different for me actually as a demoer yeah. It's first game. It's probably the first game that I've had to learn inside and out. Yeah. You know, because obviously I need to know the mechanics. I need to know 
any question that is thrown at me and I know that um, there's still some obviously there'll be things I, I'm not quite sure on or I don't know yet well, this is the thing that I've been finding quite funny is that normally it's it's me and Josh that are swatting up on the rules and being <laughs> like actually this is how you do this but you, you've you been turning around and telling us no you've been doing that, that wrong, wrong yeah and it's more the fact that it's been yeah. like oh we've been playing this wrong all this time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, ah, okay, that yeah. makes sense. So it's been interesting from that way because I feel as if probably actually this is the first time I've been a honed player. And as much as I'm not playing competitively or anything yeah. like that, I feel as if I have a really good grasp of the game. But playing competitively is just one way to yeah. play yeah. these games. That that maybe sounds like it's the taking part that counts. But <laughs> no, I, I'm a great believer in that. And as much as tournament play is very appealing to a certain type of player yeah. at the same time I mean like the the way that we play Warhammer Age of Sigmar the, the, the tabletop miniatures game is very different from your standard tournament play Yeah, you know we we come up with all these stories like why are these two guys fighting and like well you know what crazy rules yeah. can we throw in here we, we, we approach it I think we said before in the podcast almost like um an RPG but scaled up yeah. to like an army wide yeah. game. Yeah. Um and where you you maybe can't do that with champions, I'm pretty sure we're gonna start seeing other formats emerging, yeah. other interesting ways yeah. to play because as as fun as it can be to dream up a really yeah. powerful deck, that gets boring yeah. quite quickly. Well what we, we actually saw when we got our founders pack through is that there are some sort of cards in the booster packs which add very different dynamics to the starter decks Yeah. when they're added in so you can totally you know, change the way you play. So, yeah, the starter decks um, just they, give they, you a flavour. They give you a good amount of bulk yeah. cards and you know, like you say, a, a wee taster of what the factions may be capable of and I think it, it's good in that it, as you say, it does give people a sense of what each Grand Alliance can do but I, I felt that the destruction deck was streets ahead yeah. of, of the yeah. other ones in terms of power yeah. level. Yeah, or just the way it plays when it's played right, when it rolls out, when all the combos stack, when it all just works. I actually felt a little bit like destruction plays itself sometimes yeah. Yeah. because it's like you do one thing and then it just sets off this whole chain of events yeah. and then everyone's dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what what have you been playing? I've been playing as Order. Um, I, I I really enjoy the the mechanics that you get from that. There's a lot of board control. Mm. Order have access to a lot of beast units that do some quite interesting things as well. It's so where destruction is almost like an avalanche of raw strength. Um, with order, it's all about having your units bolster one yeah. another, yeah, and taking control of the board, yeah. Which I I I, f- I feel like that's a huge flavor yeah. win because in in the Age of Sigmar universe, that's pretty much the role the Order takes that it's it's this group of people that um, are almost always in, um, up against overwhelming odds yeah. and overcome those overwhelming odds with superior discipline yeah. and strategy. Yeah. Um, they're very disciplined, that's probably the word I yeah. would use to describe them, they're a very disciplined army, because the Destruction aren't Destruction are a rabble. Oh they're just an, abs- <laughs> yeah. just an absolute rabble. Like, and then um, <laughs> And in some of the earlier games, Workshop Fluff, it it's very apparent that the orcs and goblins are based on football casuals. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they just rock up and start wrecking the joint. <laughs> and then chaos. It's all yeah, about. That's what I've been playing. It's all about sacrificing. Yeah. 
to to gain greater power. Because I tweaked my deck um, to make it more zinchy. Because anybody that knows, I'm more of a yeah. zinchy person than a corn or you know Nurgle or yeah. anything like that. So um, I've made mine. I've put some more wizards in it, and I've made it more spell heavy, but still the same mechanic. Yeah. It means I can heal more though. I actually saw on one of the Facebook groups that I'm in that there was a girl talking about a game she had against Chaos mm-hmm. and she said she did manage to counter it but at one point there was a whole load of stuff queued up yep. in the Chaos that deck was, yeah. waiting to do like 20 damage to her yeah. and she did like a wee sort of wide eyed Yeah, the thing with Chaos is although you're sacrificing units some of the damage you can do is insane Yeah, like yeah. A, there's, there's a Chaos spell that just does 10 damage Yeah, it does, I think it does like three or five damage to you but you're getting ten damage out of it yeah yeah and there's a lot of like i think there's a blessing um the last corner of your spells do it's horrible but again that that's um that's kind of how zinch plays in the tabletop game yeah where it's just a disgusting amount of damage it's like magical artillery almost yeah um and then death there's a lot of stuff that lets you recycle your units which is great. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that lets you unnaturally prolong your life. Yeah. Which is very fitting of yeah. the death units. So <laughs> they, they all do feel quite fluffy as much as I, I do think there there is going to be a fiercely competitive side yeah. to the game. I do think there is scope for um, something that's a bit more narrative driven. Yeah. Rather than trying to mix in the most powerful units in a faction, you, you know, we could, you could maybe do a format where it's you, you pick like one tag yeah, and all of your units have to fall into that yeah. so it's if you're doing a death deck you have to do a vampire deck you can't run vampires and yeah. resin you can't cherry pick yeah. what you want to do and you could do similar things with the other factions that's something I think I'm quite interested in exploring yeah. anyway yes Tabletop Scotland Tabletop Scotland the first ever Tabletop Scotland is on the horizon. It's almost less... Well, when this goes live, it'll be less than a week. A week, yes. So they, they've sold well over 600 tickets. tickets yeah, it's incredible. Which is... Uh, it is an incredible achievement for the the first year of definitely, any convention. Definitely, um, I, I really don't know what to expect because... I, th- I think I think it will be good. Yes. I don't I don't have any reservations about whether or not it will be good. It's just that it's. We don't have anything to compare it to. It'll be our first first. Yeah. Convention, and I think that is something in itself because we went to Aircon. That was the fourth Aircon, and all the communication we'd had with people around Aircon was all about this is what it was like last year, or this is what works well at Aircon, or this is what, you know, this is what happens. Yeah. We don't have that for Tabletop Scotland. No. So it's new, it's exciting, it could be anything. Yeah. So there's not there's not really any expectations of yeah. it. And that, I don't think that's, that's a bad thing. That's not to thing. be, no, to no, mean no, like that, we don't expect anything not, of it. No, that's it's not, just, yeah. I do expect it to be fun, but I don't have concrete expectations of what yeah. it's going to be like, because yeah. it is the first year. Yeah. And... It, it'll be interesting over the years to come to see what sort of shape yes, it takes it because takes. I, I do I do think it's it's going to go from strength to strength definitely definitely um, they're starting strong though that's the yeah that's incredible so what what are you excited for um I, I don't know actually just everything I think is that thing like you said that there's not one thing I'm overly excited about um 
I've been chatting to people and already I've arranged to meet up with folk because again there's not really an opportunity for us always always to meet there's not an yeah. opportunity for us always to to have an opportunity to to be in the same place at the same time and you're a lot more sociable than me yeah so. <laughs> but right away what I was thinking is like I might be able to get some of the Gen Con stuff <laughs> well that's that's you but it's, I'm just like oh people I yeah. love people let's see people you're, you're like people and I'm like stuff <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but also we're going to be quite busy. Yeah. Um because we are are hosting a couple of events. We've also yep. got a competition that will be running. I also believe Josh will be in the um um Pandemic Survival Qualifier. Pandemic Survival Qualifier wearing, as one of the judicators. He'll be wearing a a lab coat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So so what events are we doing? Why don't we give well, we're, we're going to be comparing a couple of seminars. Yes. Uh, yeah. Michael from Maple Like Us, he's going to be doing an accessibility yes. seminar yeah, on the, the Saturday. Um, uh, Bez Shariari, mm-hmm. friend of the show, yeah. is going to be doing a board game design 101 yeah. Yeah. seminar. Again, we'll probably be comparing that. And we're going to be doing a room D100 plus one. Oh. What is that, pre-sale? So it's our totally original idea for a panel show (laughs) (laughs) where we will be interviewing a group of people from... I think think it's all UK people. People from the the tabletop... Gaming industry. Gaming industry uh, from across the UK uh, will be arguing to have a a peeve of theirs mm. relating to tabletop gaming yes. put into the eponymous room D100 plus one. So we haven't announced who's going to be on our panel. Can we do that? Do that now? I think we can, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. Drum roll. So it's going to be three waves of three. Mm. The first topic is going to be gaming culture. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And the, so the first three panellists we're going to have on that are Ian McAllister of the Giant, Giant Brain, Brain. Mm-hmm. Steve Fettis, the owner and operator of Common Ground Games exactly, in Stirling. Yeah. I love that store. It's yep. the, one of the best in the UK, I would say. Check it out if you're ever in Stirling. Mm-hmm. And someone called Charlotte Rose Porter. Who's that? That'll be me. That's you. On the panel. Yep. On the panel. So no you, pressure. so you guys, um, we're not, we're not going to reveal what those peeves no. are on, no. uh, until the day. But you guys are going to be discussing things that irritate you about gaming culture. You might have guessed. I think I've maybe spoken about mine before. No, on the no, 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 secret. <laughs> okay, keep so your secret, secret. if if you can't make tabletop Scotland, first of all, I want to know why. Yep. Second of all, if if you really can't make it we will be broadcasting these yeah. after the date, so yeah. you, you will be able to, to watch them. But it would be nice if you could come along. We'd love to see you yeah. there. Uh, so the second wave okay. is going to be game design. Oh, okay. So it's going to be what irritates these guests about okay. game design. So who are these guests? So for that, we have Matt Coward of the oh, University yes. of York Sociology yes. Department. We had Matt on an episode a couple of months ago. Yep, he is he's doing a lot of research into tabletop That's gaming, right. particularly right. conventions. Yeah and how they um, contribute to community values and obviously with an emphasis on the sociological perspective. So he's going to be there. We're also going to have Kat from iPlay Red and Peter 
from the Drawn to the Flame oh, podcast. Yes. yes. Those three guys are going to be arguing to get a particular element of game design. Okay. Uh, that they really hate. Yep. Into Room D one hundred plus one, so it can be like, it can be particular mechanics. It can mm. be uh, trends Style, in game yeah, design, that sort of, games, of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's the the second wave. And the final wave... What's the final wave, Ben? The final wave is going to be specific games. Ooh, so it's, controversial. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to, I think it is going to be quite controversial. So, so who's on that panel? So we have Duncan Cowan oh, of Tabletop Scotland. Scotland. Yep. yep, Duncan's been on the show before. We're going to have Sarah Kennington from One Free Elephant. Yep. She's never been on the show. She will be in the future. Yes. Um, Spoilers. She's going to be on the panel as well. Yes, good, good. Um... And we're also going to have um, a wizard called Richard Simpson. Are you sure he's a wizard? Uh, he's not a wizard. He's not a wizard. Because we're he, not wizards. He claims, hey! not, he claims he's not a wizard. I mean, could we could just be taking his words. Is he a mage? Well, this is it. Right. He says he's not a wizard. He could be a mage. He could be a sorcerer. Magician. He could be a warlock. Who knows? Magician. Who knows? Richard knows. Richard knows and he's not telling. <laughs> Anyone. That's all I know. <laughs> So you make up your own mind about the guy based on that knowledge. Yep. yep. And also based on the game that he's going to try and put in. So come along and find out what that is. Yep, I know what it is. You know what it is. It's controversial. The other thing is I don't know what a lot of other people are putting in because I'm on the panel. Ben has kept it I, I know what hidden from yeah, me. I am the oracle of room <laughs> D100 plus one. I know everything. I'm the architect. Okay, right. You know, like the guy in the yeah, Matrix. Yeah, yeah, right, come on. Bring it back, Ben. But I don't look like Colonel Sanders. You don't. You don't look like. You're not sitting in a room full of TVs. So let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. <laughs> yep. Back to reality, Ben. Back to back to tabletop Scotland. Yes. Focus. So, quick turnaround. After that, we are also hosting the pub quiz at Tabletop Scotland. So, as long as you have a ticket and are going to be in t- uh, at Tabletop Scotland Saturday night, you can get into this. Yes. You don't need to book. Just rock up on the night. We will furnish you with a sheet of paper and a pen. A pen. Pushing the boat out there. <laughs> but we want it back. We want the pen back. Okay. People <laughs> we'll always them steal them at these things, don't they? Yeah. Secure them to the table. Yeah, like in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they cause they needed their pens chained. Yeah. Why did bank why do banks need to do that? Surely they of all people can afford to have surplus pens. Oh but pens are a hot commodity. Yeah. Anyway, we will lend you a pen. So can we give, we don't want to give too much, but can we reveal maybe one or two uh, round names to give people a feel for what's going to happen on the night? I can tell you there's a geography round. Okay. Thrilling stuff. Okay. I also heard, is there a... There there may or may not be a round called Board Game or Porno. And what would that involve? I'm not telling you. You'll have to come along and find out. (laughs) Okay. But that... That's not necessarily the most controversial no. name for a round we've got. No. But um, come along. We will have some prizes. Yes, we will. Yeah. We will. Yeah, you can win some Unlucky Frog merchandise. And maybe some other stuff too. Maybe some other stuff. So get your team together. Some of the questions are quite hard. Yes. Um, uh, a little squad of uh, gaming brainiacs got mm-hmm. together to, to put these questions together. Yeah, I would have said Pixies. Pixies. Gaming Pixies got together. So you think me, Josh and Duncan are gaming Pixies? <laughs> Damn right. So, the, yeah, there you go. <laughs> a pub quiz 
Brought to you by Gaming Pixies. So that's going to be in the the bar. Yep, the cafe bar. At the the Jewers Centre on the Saturday night. And it is not suitable for children, in case you've not already deduced that fact. No children, no phones, no Google, and no cheating. If you are using a phone in between rounds, we will break your fingers. Well, I was thinking we could maybe just send somebody to the naughty corner. Or that. I mean, we could do that. We'll get a dunce cap for them and everything. But pub quizzes are it's pretty serious. Yep, yep. I think that Parliament needs to get through a bill where they're allowed to break fingers when people are <laughs> cheating in pub quizzes. We'll take that. Let's go speak to our local councillor yeah. then. Yeah, I'm sure they'll love that. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Yep. Tabletop Scotland. So, we're excited. You should yep. be excited. It's going to be a great event. Yeah. That's about all we've got time for yep, this that week. Is. Um, but we're going to have a glut of content coming to you guys. Yep. Um, in the run up to and after Tabletop Scotland. Yep. So yep. if you can't make it, if you're in a remote corner of the world, we're going to bring Tabletop Scotland to you. Yeah. Because that is how much you mean to us. Because we love you. We uh, love you dearly. Stretching it there. No, I love you. I love everyone. I love every single one of our listeners. I care deeply about them, but I. Um, I don't love them. You're just telling everyone you don't love them? I'm just kidding, I love them. That's good. Yeah. There we go. Good, good. Right, folks, thank you for for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you at Tabletop Scotland. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys, it's uh, Josh from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast here. Thanks for listening to us. And now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for the Unlucky Frog Gaming. Uh, You can also show your support for Unlucky Frog through Patreon. Be sure to check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com, to find out more. Was that so hard? (laughs) Um, Look... (laughs) 